Hi, welcome to this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI of the Americas. I'm Wade Kaler, Executive Director. On Tap this week, I have our FCSI of the Americas Board Secretary, who's always up to have a little bit of fun and always causing a little bit of mischief. She's an amazing combo of super smart and fun personality. She's the principal and owner of S2O Consultants. Please welcome Miss Kristen Sade. Hey, Kristen, welcome to the show. Hey, Wade, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation uh, since season one, so I'm really glad we're able to get it done today. Um, you know, before we really get into some of the the deep stuff, let's just start with your background in, in a little bit or kind of briefly. Tell me how you got your start in the industry and then what led you to be a co-owner and principal of S2O. You got it. So um, like everybody else, right? Once you get in, you don't get out. So yeah. uh 15 years old, dad said, get a job, honey, you got too much time on your hands and uh, got a job at the Burger King down the street. Um, had some fun, made some friends, kind of continue that on, went off to college. Um, you worked there on breaks. After a year of college, I realized that I really didn't feel like continuing the career path at that point in time. <laughs> that, that had a fun, smart mix you're talking about. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my boss at the time, Burgie, been there the whole time. He's like, well, you could be a manager if you want. I thought you're going to college. So I said, oh, okay, we'll try that. Um, that led to... Then the, the neighbor that I grew up with was managing the pizza hut down the street. And he came in and said, I want you to come work for me. Offer me a little more money. And I'm like, okay, we'll try that. And then that was a corporate restaurant versus the, uh, the franchise, which was nice. So Burger King calls me back and says, hey, we want you back. I'm like, okay, a little more money. Um, went back to that after a little while. And then Pizza Hut came back to drive through about a year after that and said, we want you to come back. I'm like, all right. And I realized it was kind of time to probably start growing up at this point. And uh, I said, that's fine. But if you're going to bring me back, I want my own store then. So like an assistant manager and uh, in six months. And they said that they could do that. So I did. I was in a GM for Pizza Hut up until the time I got pregnant with my son and realized that uh, being a GM and being a mom really weren't conducive. So I was a little bit younger. I was 24, 25 years old. And so I took seven years off and waitressed and bartended to raise my babies. I had a daughter too. Um, so in that time, just kind of worked part-time and did that. Um, through that, though, realized also going back to that smart, fun thing that I uh, probably needed that college degree if I was going to go any further. Uh, originally, my plan was to get back into, you know, restaurants, operations, move up. Um, and while in school, the dean of the, the program was kind of raising babies, waiting some bartending, taking some classes. And uh, he, his name was Ray Sparrow. And he was, he uh, back in the day, worked for John Birchfield. He was a food service oh, consultant. Yeah. He was a one-man shop on the side. He kind of introduced me to it, did some work with him a little bit, figured out what it was. And I think by the time I was in my early 30s, I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. So uh, got my daughter into school, uh, got her into first grade. And there was two companies. There was Romano Gotland and there was Senior Little in the Chicago area. I had met Bob Pacifico, uh, kind of keeping that in the background. And uh, I met Harry and went in and, and Bob had kind of, by the time I was ready to, to get up and go, he was kind of backing out and uh, Harry hired me at Senior Little. So oh, nice. I was there. Yeah. So I did that for about a year and a half. And then he came up to me and said he was, he was breaking away. And did I want to come with? Uh, and there was another lady with us. And I, you know, I'm like back in the workforce for the first time in forever. I've got two kids and I can't move anywhere. And 
And I was like, man, am I burning my bridge here if I leave this? So I thought, you know what? I'm like, I'll do it, but I want part ownership. I don't want to be an employee. So he offered me a, a, a percentage. I think I was 15% in the other two experienced uh, people. Um, that lasted until about 2000. That was in 2003. And then in 2008, um, that company, uh, we dissolved that company and Harry and I went on our own. And at that point, I said, all right, now I want 51%. And he's like, done. So uh, we always say that I was, he was kind of my ticket to the dance and I was his retirement plan. And nice. so now it's 18 years and here we sit. So kind of trying to figure that out. Very good story, actually. Um, and it goes back to the stories of you just, you don't know where you're going to meet your next connection at. And, and, you know, send you back and forth between Burger King, Pizza Hut. If you do good enough work and don't burn the bridge, it's always available. And you're right about you get into this industry, forget it. You're <laughs> you not leaving. You'll come back yeah. eventually. Even if you, <laughs> even if you manage to get out, you will be back at some point. So some, some fashion or another, right? So with S2O and in your company now, is there, for you personally, is there any certain segments or specialties that you work on versus the, the other people in the firm? You know, a large part of our market segment is sports projects. And, excuse me, and you had said you had talked to Harry, and yeah. he pretty much focuses on those. He likes those. You know, um, I have my fair share of those, but due to some more operational background experience, we touch into some other things. I've done higher ed. Um, every once in a while, a restaurant will come and help me, you know, kind of straighten out their kitchen a little bit. You know, this isn't working. What do you think? Um, uh, schools I've done and different stuff. You know, like I'm heading down to do some more work at Churchill Downs. That's been a fun one. Um, today I was working on the Superdome. So really we do almost everything except for corrections and health care. Okay. So corrections yeah. because I don't want to and healthcare because uh, there's people that have done it, do it well. You know, yeah. FCSI has been such a wonderful thing to bring people together, meet people. You know, Christine Gio, Robert Rippey's office, they do such a good job with that. So we kind of send them that way. Yeah, so exactly. It's funny to me how I, I don't, I think sometimes people forget how cool of a job an FCSI or a food service consultant is on the things you get to work on. You just name drop Churchill Downs and the uh, Superdome in New Orleans. Like, oh, it's no big deal. But those are two <laughs> major sports venues that, you know, everybody would be thrilled to get like a behind the scenes tour even at some point. And here you are like, eh, it's just no big deal to me. But that's what's cool about our industry and being a food service consultant. You get to be a part of big name and small name. You get to help the mom and pop in the in your local area right. realize their dream and, and their blood, sweat, and tears. But then you also get to go and fly down to New Orleans and have fun and be a part of the Superdome that is world famous for hosting everything under the sun. So I think that's what makes being a food service consultant, one career that uh, a lot of people probably don't think about, but very rewarding as a, as a profession. Like you said, but yeah, and I don't mean, seem, mean to seem flippant either. You know, no, sometimes no. you've been 17, 18 years, you, like you said, you start yeah. to become desensitized to the specialness of it. I think one of the coolest things was, is I was able to go to the Kentucky Derby a few years ago. And the room that we actually had tickets in was the room that I had worked with the chef to design these concepts, right? Because, Kentucky Derby, it's like Easter Sunday, right? You, yeah. The building's not open all year long at Churchill Downs. So you're designing around something that has to come off without a hitch, yeah. right? 
But it's not the norm on, in most days, right? It's so like every right. other project at normal operating expenses. So we came up with some kind of cool stuff. And I actually was in the room about two years after it was built as a guest during the Kentucky Derby and actually see it in action and watch it work. So sometimes there's some cool stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't mean to say that it was flipping about it. It was mainly just like you, you get so involved with so many good projects that you just, it just becomes your life. It's, but right. some people would realize that that's just an, an amazing dream that, that they could be a part of as part of a profession that maybe they don't even realize yet. So. And I think that's one of the things we've had fun. Uh, we've got some younger staff bringing along and I'm like, Oh, we get to, you know, he's 22 years old. I'm like, I'm like, you know, let's take them out to these punches or to meetings. And like you said, the behind the scenes, because I do remember the awe the first time you see some of these big spots. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you've been involved with FCSI for over the past 10 years that I've been back and, and you really got heavily involved when I came back. Um, you not because of me, obviously, uh, but you, that's when you started to get involved. What made you finally become finally decide to become a board member. And then for you, cause I, we've had this discussion, but I want people to hear about it. And then what made you decide to become an executive committee member? Because that was another big step for you personally as a choice. So what was it that made you decide to finally get on board, but then also not just be on the board, but you're going to become part of the executive team. You know, I, I think the answers to that drive a lot of my decisions and it's got to do with the people and relationships um, the friendships that I've made through FCSI, um, understanding the people, understanding the process. And, you know, it is, you know, when you can give back and have fun at the same time, it kind of starts to become a no brainer. Well, plus the hell you, you bug the hell out of me. So. <laughs> no, it, it, really, it really was the people and the process and, you know, getting more and more involved and understanding, um, and it runs well. It's, it wasn't as time consuming as I thought it might be. Yeah. Because, you know, you've got balance, right? You know, we still have yeah. company to run and, and grow and, and, and time like that. But, yeah, I really um, – the people, the organization, um, and, you know, doing good and having fun. And and I did bug the hell out of you. I agree. Um, because I saw what, what I, what I knew was there. I saw the fun. I saw the seriousness. I saw the intelligence. And I'm like, that's who, as an executive – that runs associations. That's what I want on a board. Somebody that looks at things from a different point of view, but an intellectual point of view as well. And, but also it's fun to be around. We spend a lot of time together when you're a board member. So, yeah. you know, you always want people that are, that you like to hang out with as well. So, but right. you also want that yeah. person. that's not afraid to tell you how it is. I mean, as an, as an association <laughs> management company owner, I need board members like yourself to tell me what's really going on or if, I'm out of step or my employees are or whatever. It's your association. We just manage it. So I'm very, very lucky that I've got yourself and a bunch of others that have gotten involved over the years and, and whether I've had to strong arm you or not, well, that's a different story. So. <laughs> well, and you know, and like I said, and, and you and your team do a great job as well. So a lot of the minutia for us as board members is non-existent. Um, you, you pull from us what's needed uh, without, filling our tasks with busy work, right? Which yeah. would tend to, because we, a lot of us have companies and we have jobs, right? right we, have, we have people that we're responsible for. So yeah. um, it is, is a good, like I said, it, it goes both ways. Well, as, as an association executive, that to me, that's my job. My job is to, you guys tell me what you want the association to look like, and then let us do our job that we know how to do. And you're all consultants. 
So you understand us probably better than most clients do is you tell us what you want to do and then trust us to do the job that makes you look good as an association. So, and we appreciate that relationship we've got as well. What is one thing about Kristen that no one would ever guess when they meet you? I'm an introvert. <laughs> I'm a social introvert. You'll see me for a couple of days having fun. And I come home and I don't leave the house for three. Um, there's, we, we've been a home-based company since inception, yeah. uh, well, 17, 18 years. And, um, yeah, there's, I'm happy being on my computer and not talking to people and, and <laughs> doing my design work and, you know, but then I need some time out too. So yeah. it's kind of a, kind of, yeah, but most people, if you see me out, wouldn't guess that. What is, uh, maybe your greatest mistake or biggest screw up you've ever done in your career that you learned from? And what did you learn from that? Hmm. Oh man, we make a bunch of mistakes, right? And we learn, we learn from pain. Uh, it's funny to say that I was, you talk about the Superdome, I've been working there since Katrina, right? So 2005. And so we're doing some new stuff. So I'm trying to go back and pull out some drawings from what we did, you know, back in 2005. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, I do a lot better now. <laughs> <laughs> as big as it should have been for that many kegs of beer um constantly learning i think one of the things i did one time though was uh there were we all know that ada counters are 34 inches high okay i know this portable carts for the condiments all over the superdome project again somehow they were 38 inches high and when i reviewed the uh submittal shop drawings i didn't catch that and they all got built and put out at 38 inches high. And there was 24 of them. <laughs> and by the time we found out um, that it was an ADA issue, we had to figure out. I got creative and I talked to a contractor and I talked to the manufacturer and I bought some casters. But we had to go out and somebody had to go out and find them all and swap out. the. We put smaller casters on it and solved it. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was... Um, it, it was it's quite a juggle to get that one fixed, right? <laughs> That'll never happen again. <laughs> if somebody's thinking about making a career change from operations or coming out of school, what is one piece of advice you'd give them about becoming a food service consultant? It takes a really long time to be proficient, and you need to be patient, and you need to be hungry. Um, yeah. I've I've hired people, you know, that have been in the industry, different pieces of it, and I was going to take you five to six years. Until um, you can actually even probably run a small project, and nobody believes me. And 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 smart people have been hired, and they get frustrated. And I, I was like, look, I, you know, I said my partner Harry's a Cornell grad. I, nobody here is stupid. You know, we yeah. we're all pretty smart. You're probably used to mastering things quickly and being the top of your class. Well, so is the group of consultants because the number of things that we need to know it just takes time. Um, and so trying to build up people's confidence that they're going to make mistakes and the time that the learning curve is long and it doesn't mean that they're not exceptional. The learning curve is just long. So to have that patience um, and it's constantly changing. So just yeah. when you think you got it figured out, something new comes along. Yeah. So yeah, you never, you never figure it all out. It's, it's a moving target. If you weren't in the food service industry and we kicked you out and said you had to go do some other industry, what industry would you go to? I become a consultant rep for manufacturer. <laughs> I can wine and dine with the best of them, right? No, um, probably something to do with people. Um, I, I, I need to people, but um, 
something that's non-repetitive, you know, maybe sales, something along those lines. Yeah. Not sure. But yeah. When you come across a, a mental roadblock, whether it's writing something, a proposal, or maybe designing something, do you have any tips or tricks to, to tell anybody about what you do to overcome that mental block? Yeah, walk away for a little bit. Yeah. Just just walk away, set it aside. If you think it's going to take you two days to accomplish something, give yourself three because um, you will hit a block yeah. and shake it. Almost. Like you ever try to remember something and then you, go, uh, you know, if you stop thinking about it, it comes back to you. Yeah. The same thing. Um, there's times I will be dreaming designs and I wake up. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> um, you know, writing something and, and just like anything else, especially the things that you don't like. Yeah. You know, walk away for a little bit, come back at it, take it and yeah. take it in bite sized pieces. So, as the owner of a firm, what task or tasks deserve a lot of your attention, but you actually fail to give it? Maybe edifying and building up my team. Sometimes we get wrapped up in the day-to-day projects, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the, in the process. Mm-hmm. And I forget to thank them, tell them how important they are, what a great job they're doing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we can ever do that enough. You know, and I try, but sometimes like, oh man, it's been two weeks till I, till I, you know, since I said the word thank you to anybody. Yeah. Um, because it really is the team yeah. that makes, makes us successful and how we interact. Um, one of the things that behind the scenes that I do more, you know, there's, there's so much more human resources and just personalities and, and, and who does what and, you know, and, and cause I, I, it's delegation, right? We started right. with two, you know, how do you go from two to eight and, and, and who does what and how do they listen to each other? And so there's a whole lot of that managing personalities. Um, but yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, my job is to create zero turnover. That that's my goal to, to add layers of people on and create a place that they don't ever want to leave. Um, yeah. And part of that is, is edification and, and building them up. And uh, so sometimes I'm, I get remiss in that and have to a little more, a few more hugs. <laughs> yeah. Very, very well said. Well, that's all the formal questions I've got for you, but as you know, I don't end with formal questions. We have to have a little bit of fun to end these things. So I've got a little bit of a speed round here of some off-the-wall questions for you. So we'll get started with the first one, and that is, what's your favorite breakfast cereal? None. I hate breakfast cereal. Did you like it as a kid? <laughs> nope. Never Maybe did. Golden Green once in a while for a second till it got soggy. The whole milk and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't do it. <laughs> Fancy restaurant or local dive? Depends on the day. I love them both. What is a vice that you just can't seem to part with? Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah, I, I know that one. As a board <laughs> member, I have to make sure that's around. <laughs> Puppies or kittens? Puppies. Do you sing in the shower? Yes or no? Not normally. <laughs> when you're stuck in traffic in your car, what is something you do to pass the time? Call someone. Chat on the phone. Live on a moon base or live on a Mars base? Moon. We know more about it. <laughs> if you were given $1,000 to spend on your closest friend, what would you get them? Something for travel. Uh, would you consider yourself more spontaneous or more of a planner? Oh, that's funny. I'm kind of in the middle. I plan ahead, um, but then I, I like to have a sketchy outline plan and then be spontaneous in the middle of it. So okay. I don't have to think about it anymore. If you were in charge of the office vending machine... What are the top three things you would have in the vending machine? Diet Mountain Dew, Diet Coke, and potato chips. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning because of work, but given my druthers, I would be a night owl. Uh, Soft tacos or crunchy tacos? 
soft. That was a very slow soft. Yeah, because they're both really good. And then you get the corn <laughs> flour thing going and it just, you know, the variables yeah, are. <laughs> exactly. What's your guilty pleasure snack? Potato chips, ruffles, and French onion dip. I just had that at home last week. <laughs> Man, that's some good stuff. I agree. Cookies or brownies? Brownies. Uh, are you a day planner user or a digital calendar user? I use Outlook and, and notes, like literally scratch paper. <laughs> All right. So a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. and, a, and the last one I've got is if humans came with a warning label, what would your warning label that you wear say? Just add alcohol and watch her talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I've got for you today, Chris. And tell everybody in the audience how they can get in touch with you and find out more about you and your firm. We, uh, You can find us at www.s2o, that's the letter O, consultants.net. Um, I'm in the Chicagoland area. Um, look, and if there's anything we can do, you just go to the website and all of our contact information is there. Well, that wraps up this edition of On Tap presented by FCSI The Americas. A huge thank you to Kristen today for joining us. We can't do shows like this without members like you. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And make sure to turn on those notifications so you don't miss out on any future episodes. But until then, cheers. <laughs>